Every year, TCOM selects an individual whose work exemplifies the ever-evolving mission to create and improve helping systems. And that person is honored with the TCOM Champions Award, presented during TCOM's annual conference. I'm Timothy Fall, creative producer for the University of Kentucky's Center for Innovation in Population Health, the IF Center. Along with IF Center director and TCOM's original developer, Dr. John Lyons, and producer Lauren Mergen, I'm making the conversational rounds of past winners of the TCOM Champions Award, learning how the TCOM tools have transformed the way these champions help others. You're listening to Tales from the Collaborative. TCOM champion Kathy Gracie is an assistant professor in clinical research at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. Prior to joining the faculty at Vandy, Kathy served as director of school-based counseling programs for the city. She took that one small program and grew it to serve 38 schools currently. And the critical factor in that build-out, as Kathy explained in our talk, was the integration of TCOM tools into the programs and systems that provide helping services to children and families in metropolitan Nashville. Well, I've, I've been at Vanderbilt quite a while, so I okay. just got my 30-year pin. All right. And again, uh, worked my way into a faculty position and still working across child-serving systems. So, you know, we started developing programs um, in co collaboration with some of our state government partners. Um, and within those collaborations, the TCOM and the suite of tools that are encompassed in that approach or that philosophy. And your background, did, how oh, did you come sorry. to this work? Um, well, just, yeah. I'm just curious about your, your education to, that yeah, brought you to this yeah. And I am a, graduated from the University of Mississippi with a master's in educational counseling psychology. So I went there very, very much reluctantly and pretty much forced by my parents that if I were going to go, this is back in the day when your parents decided where it is you go, right? Um, so their decision was if I was going to college, that was the college I would be going to. And I actually, uh, I mean, that's where all, all my family lives. Mississippi, but we had moved to the north, so I had migrated at a very early age up to Ohio and then returned um, reluctantly to go to college at, in the south um, after living in Ohio forever. So, uh, But it grew upon me and um, totally loved the education I got, and yeah, it was a good fit for me. Uh, yeah. Well, so you were talking about uh, using the TCOM tools in mm -hmm. so much that you do. But so let me ask you to go back and can you remember or can you tell me when was your first encounter with um, the, that approach to working? Yes. Yeah, so um, probably 2006. So it, it's been a little bit. Um, I was introduced to John at a meeting here in Tennessee. We had brought him in the Department of Children's Services leadership and Vanderbilt leadership. And Mike Cull 
actually was over our kind of center of excellence at that point in time. I worked very closely with him, right under him, running the school-based programs along with a lot of other programs. Anyway, so back in 06, we brought John in. And I think back in that day, it was called Total Clinical Outcomes Management. Um, it was the previous, the first iteration, I think, of John's. Some of his work. So he he kept the same letters, but he gave them a new. He, he he endowed them with a new meaning. I think it's even. It, it it seems like it has more weight now. The transformational collaborative outcomes management. I yeah, like. I totally would agree with you. I was glad to see that transformation. Clinical outcomes management never really felt uh, like it resonated with a lot of people that didn't quite understand what that was. But in the work of child serving agencies, collaboration has a very strong meaning. Um, so people tend to resonate with that a lot better. Once we met John and came up with a strategy of how we were going to embed the um, child and adolescent needs and strengths assessment across Tennessee, I was on that train from then so, on. Okay, great. So tell me, what were some of the changes that you made now that you're familiar with this with the TCOM approach? What, what, how did it change the way you were working with helping people? Yeah, I think the change for me was that actually people were really interested in identifying needs that kids might have or identifying needs that families might have. And I think the in the beginning, talk about the beginning, it was all about, I think, for our team, it was about understanding what the items meant that lived within the assessment, right? And how it was you scored those actually. So, you know, we did a lot of training. We drove across our state. John probably trained every single worker in our state over a period of a year and a half to two years. And then we at our center took on that training role. But I think a shift, looking back, uh, yeah, 06 was such a long time ago. I would say mm -hmm. that when John kind of expanded his approach and changed his name and I think uh, started expanding his shop more broadly, nationally and internationally, and really created that shift to more this collaboration, the transformation everybody gets, right? Change. Yeah. Change people understand. Uh, I think when it went from clinical being that C word to collaboration, I think it really shifted the way we thought about the work. So that collaboration and parents and kids having voice and choice, it, it's kind of the stars align. And so as we made that shift to TCOM, Transformational Collaborative Outcomes Management, um, it just seemed to resonate with where we were headed in Tennessee with all of the initiatives, whether it was system of care, whether it was TCOM in child welfare, um, the juvenile courts took on the TCOM approach because it had been so, so successful in the child welfare system that the courts wanted to kind of imitate and yeah. take it on yeah. within the court system too. So there was a lot of uh, 
growth and activity and kind of common language. Is that where you were when you were recognized with the TCOM Champion Award? Yes. Is that yes. is that what was, it was cited that that the way you were bringing everything together in the state of Tennessee like that? Right. Tell me where you were with your work when you were given that award. Yeah, I would say that award came two years ago. So that was 2021. So I had been in the work since 06. But I think how I talk about it is looking across our state at the system level and then looking within each of those systems at the program level and being able to identify those points of connection. I call it connecting the dots. I was a big, a big, uh, I loved doing those connect the dots when I was a kid. So it really resonated in my inner child. Uh, (laughs) But I really started thinking about this, like, how do, how do we connect these dots? Our whole state can do this. Everybody was kind of working in silos and be, it was kind of, if we can create something that's Mm -hmm. in common, that everybody mm-hmm. understands yeah. and can talk with each other and create these shared visions with each other. Um, that was the approach, I think, for me that I took throughout the implementation. We implemented the CANs, the Child and Adolescent Straits in 06, 07. We then implemented the FAST for our non-custodial use. In 2014, and then we more recently, probably four years ago, implemented the toddler infant needs and strengths, what we in Tennessee call the PIN, like the other states call it early early childhood mental health or early infant mental health. Uh-huh. Uh, and then within those implementations, because that's the standardized assessment, we were able to connect that with like provider monitoring and evaluation because all the providers that are delivering services to the kids and the families that they're, they're serving, um, in DCS, uh, we really wanted them to understand TCOM, understand that the department had gone in to this philosophy and was using the standardized assessment process. So we actually embedded that into the monitoring process that based upon the individual youth and where their needs existed, that we would hold the providers accountable for creating treatment plans that yes. integrated those needs in into their treatment plans. Um, yeah. It's more person-centered, family-centered approach. So we embedded it into the provider monitoring, we embedded it into, uh, again, I talked about the juvenile courts decided that they wanted to do the TCOM approach. So we did a pilot of about 20 courts. And then when Juvenile Justice Reform Act came to be, I guess it was three years ago, we, um, expanded that approach. So we went from 20 courts to 78 courts. We're wow. now using the juvenile justice version of the GANs. Our system up here uses the child and adolescent needs and streets, and it's a statewide system up here. Intervention um, 
We embedded it into some of our analytic modeling, such as the identification of kids being over-medicated with red flag prescriptions. And we used the CAN as part of the risk adjustment in that model um, that will identify at the prescriber level those prescribers that are over-prescribing red flag, um, psychopharmacology. Um, So, and now we're headed in families first, right? So we're real excited about that. And we definitely use the suite of assessments to look at who's accessible and who kind of triages into some of that families first. Well, so with families first, yeah, tell me what's coming up with that. Like, what do you, uh, what do you picture and what do you know is happening? What do you hope happens? Yeah. So we embed masters prepared licensed clinicians within the Department of Children's Services. So for the last two years, we've been the qualified individual actually doing those third party reviews and being a part of those child and family team meetings where those placement decisions are discussed and talked about. And then we're that third party approver that either approves or disapproves based upon the individual assessment of that kid. In the prevention work, uh, as I said, we use FAST, the Family Advocacy Support Tool, for all our prevention, non-custodial program areas. So we're real excited. We're identifying evidence-based practices. We're trying to do some matching uh, um, based upon the practice, what what youth or families are more more appropriate for those evidence-based practices. So we worked with, actually with John and the Kentucky team to help us develop some, you know, decision trees um, that would focus families depending on their needs profile, their strengths profile, that would focus them or triage them into the most appropriate. Yeah. Best practice and treatment intervention. So that work is just getting started. I think it has a lot of promise. And what I look forward to there is we're riding the ship where a lot of these kids have come into custody that we turn those around and the majority of what we serve them are those non-custodial uh, kids. Because I really do believe that if you can get in that prevention side, before they come into the custodial side, that's where the sweetness happens, you know, that really transformation can take effect. And yeah. you really are changing youth and families for the better and to have better outcomes throughout uh, their life. Well, can, you, can you tell me a story about that? Can you give me one example of how, how you've watched that happen? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, a couple come to mind. I'll just, I'll pick one more recently. Uh, as I indicated earlier, we're doing a lot of work with our court system around infant mental health and using the toddler infant needs and strengths, the TENS, to create a standardized assessment for 
this court intervention that's called Safe Baby Court. And it's a teen approach where if a, if a parent so chooses and the court agrees, um, the courts will offer up this intervention that really is kind of a coordinated specialty care clinic within a court setting. I don't know a better way to describe it, where you have key stakeholders really there supporting that family and using the TENS assessment as that center to look at what are the needs, what are the strengths, how's this team and this family going to work together to to get to a transformative place that yeah it's going to be good for that mom and that baby. And um, it was a family we were working with and have been for the last six months. And it, it's it's been one of those really, really difficult cases. Um, unfortunately, the babies are placed in a place that's pretty far off from their biological parents. So it creates a lot of complications in this case. Um, and there was a lot of barriers for the foster parents and getting kids over to parents for visits. And, you know, there's just a lot of messiness in this case. And we actually pulled the team together, reviewed the, all the assessments, really kind of dug into this case is messy. We've got all these barriers. How are we going to get to more of a, a solution focus brain rather than we just got all these barriers because people, I think, just kept getting stuck in, in the quicksand and not yeah. really realizing how to get out. Um, so once the team got together, we actually pulled a couple of the other infant mental health specialists from our center into the case review and really dug into the assessment and and met with the workers and the team. And really it I don't know what happened, but it, there was just this shift in yeah. everybody's kind of the way that they were coming to the table. It didn't feel like there was all these barriers. It felt like all of a sudden people got it. You know, no, we couldn't do everything. But at least we had some shift and some transformation in a positive direction in a couple of really key areas. Um, things are better. Um, it, it's going in a much more positive direction. And I think that was just us taking a pause and reconnecting to that person-centered approach and coming together and talking and, and thinking through, you know, this is what is. This is where we want to be. Yeah. How is it? Do we get there? That's a good story. Well, thanks for uh, sharing that and your yeah. and your history uh, with doing this kind of work, Kathy. I appreciate this. What do you do uh, when you shut off your computer and lock your office door? What do you like to do outside in the real world? Well, I used to have two grandchildren that lived very close to me, so. I used to spend a lot of time babysitting and hanging oh. out with them and playing and going to soccer games and swim yes. lessons and ballet. And I would say now I do, I have a personal trainer that I meet with uh -huh. regularly. Um, 
I had a husband. We spent a lot of time together, like reading. We like traveling. Uh-huh. Like yeah. I said, I appreciate your uh, conversation and sharing your how you got connected to this way of working and this community. And um, I, I, I look forward to turning it into a, a podcast that we can share with other people. My guest today has been TCOM champion Kathy Gracie. She's an assistant professor in clinical research at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. Thank you so much, Kathy. Tales from the Collaborative is made possible in part by the Prade Foundation, a nonprofit organization committed to improving the well-being of all through the use of personalized, timely interventions and provider of online training in the TCOM tools. TCOM is Transformational Collaborative Outcomes Management, a comprehensive framework for improving the effectiveness of helping systems through person-centered care. Online at pradefoundation.org and at tcomconversations.org and by the Center for Innovation and Population Health at the University of Kentucky, online at iph.uky.edu.